What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is the Sprint Vision Podcast. Episode 3. Episode 3. The train continues to roll. I am one of your hosts, Jeremiah. And I'm the other host, RJ. And today, we're going to talk about the Olympics and NBA free agency. Yeah, like we mentioned at the end of the last pod, we're gonna get to um, NBA free agency. We got some, we got some stuff we want to talk about about that, and um, and now that the Olympics officially is over, we're gonna do some initial reactions to what we saw in the Olympics too. So, to start, what do you think? What what's your initial reaction to um, NBA free agency? NBA free agency was going crazy this year, crazy. And I know it kind of goes crazy every year, but the dynamic has shifted in the league. Last year, yeah, last year, it was a bunch of dynamic duos because that was when Kristaps Porzingis got moved next to Luka, uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Well, that was two years ago. Um, But basically, around the league, after free agency, there was a bunch of dynamic duos of people playing next to each other. The league seemed really, really balanced until James Harden forced his way onto the Brooklyn Nets. And I feel like that move catapulted pretty much everybody else with this free agency, uh, which is ironic considering who won the championship. <laughs> uh, but at, but the first wave of this free agency was all the superstars saying, nah, we got to play with other superstars. So, I, so my initial reaction to this year's free agency is it was ridiculous because now the league is full of super teams and uh, lottery teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 see as soon as six o'clock hit, you get the notifications that this person signed with this team or this person signed with that team. Mm-hmm. Like immediate and then immediately some teams, a good bit of teams actually, I think personally got better when it came with free agency. Yeah. Um I remember when I remember immediately once six o'clock hit, seeing Lonzo Ball signed contract with the Bulls. But I'm like, it's a really good pickup. Yeah. It's a really good pickup. Crazy for the pickup. Bulls. Yep, yep. And then after that, it was just a domino effect mm-hmm. of Shams, mostly Shams, but some of Woj also um Shams was kicking yeah, Woj's yeah, ass. Yeah, he was. Just tweeting, these players got picked, these players got picked up, these players signed a new contract. It was it was honestly just Paying attention to it, yeah, just something. It was a really good free agency. It, just trying to hold on for the ride. Yeah. There was a lot of big, big moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I don't think this compared to two years ago when you had Kawhi and PG, yeah, and and, and all the other and West Westbrook. Yeah. Um, I think that's also when yeah Durant and Kyrie also decided to sign. Yeah, together. yeah, yeah. It doesn't compare to that. In terms of like big big stars, but just like the second tier stars getting all this yeah, good that's, contracts. That's a that's a good way to put it. I was thinking, I was like, I don't know, but you're right. This this besides, you know, like Steph getting his contract extension and stuff and Kevin Durant, you saw a lot of those second tier stars uh get moved around or sign those big contracts. Quiet Leonard signing contract extension too. Yeah. It was it was I I don't know how this it was a league-changing free agency. 
I know most of the time, I know every year free the league kind of changes because of free agency. But this year, the dynamic of the league feels like it's going to be different. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, this the, because of how free agency, free agency went, it completely blew up what what my power rankings was for who I thought was going to come out of the East and the West. You know what? Me too. There's teams that I think felt I think because of free agency moved into a playoff spot. Yeah. They they really did. And and those moves that they that some teams made combined with what they drafted mm-hmm. and combined with trades they made before free agency. Mhm. I think I think I think I think it's going to be more competitive, especially in the East. Yeah. But I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a competitive league. Yeah. And it's funny because it's competitive in the worst way. That's why I said that the league seems chaotic now because now it really does seem like just a bunch of like semi super teams and a bunch of lottery teams. There's not a lot of middle of the pack teams. One of the middle that's why I said it's ironic. One of the middle of the pack teams is the Bucks who just won the championship, but like all the other teams, the the Bulls now, uh the Hawks, uh the Knicks, the Lakers, the Nets, like you can name you can name I would say you could name four teams from each conference that is basically a semi super team. And that's just what's funny, but it's chaos, it's pure chaos. Like before when you had teams that were like top heavy, you could only name maybe the top two teams of each conference was considered like a semi or a super team. But now it's top four teams of each conference, at least to me. And it's like, this is this is about to be chaos. This is about to be a Mad Max zone. I, I know in the East, the East is a lot more competitive than it is in the past. And it will continue to be more competitive. I mean, last year, la- not last year, but last season... We ended the Eastern Conference Finals with the Bucks, who everyone thought was going to be, in, who everyone had in it. Well, I mean, yeah, who knows if they had them above the Nets, winning, beating the Nets in the second round. But I had them but, but some people had them beating the Nets, and then and then playing them was the Hawks. Yeah, who thought the Hawks? I oh, I didn't think the Hawks. I yeah. Um, and Yo, we could, don't get me started. And I we can talk about how the 76ers collapsed, but. That doesn't really matter to me because the Hawks still had to win. Yeah, and they did, and they put up a good fight against against the Bucks too, which made no sense because when free agency happened last year, and the 76ers made the moves that they made, like signing Danny Green and drafting Tyrese Maxey and signing Dwight Howard, uh, I told my boss at the time, I said, "Yo, look at the 76ers because." All Ben Simmons and Embiid needed was spacing and shooting. They had Tobias Harris. Then they got Danny Green. Then they got a competent backup center. I was and Seth uh, Seth Curry too. Yeah, I was, they got Seth Curry. I was like, look out for them. They might make the finals with that team. And the way they collapsed in the playoffs a year later, ridiculous. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll see how and we'll see how they do because it's still up in the air what they'll do with Ben Simmons and well and. They did lose Danny Green. They also lost the White Howard. Replaced them with Andre Drummond. Was whatever you want to say about him. <laughs> and <laughs> and they still have and they still have good reliable bench unit. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I'm sure they're gonna trade 
Is, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not Play sure, tournament. but they could. They need to trade Ben Simmons. Play in and then ha- and then get competent role players, or maybe even a star. They're looking to get Dame Lillard, but we'll see about that. Dame, don't leave Portland, please, bro. Just stay there for me, please, please. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. I kind of want to talk about. What teams do you have? Three teams. We talked about this before. We were gonna set three teams that we think got like from worst to first. Like three teams, maybe not worst to first, but th- three teams that made the biggest jump and got agency. significantly better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this and um, I don't have this written down, but I basically had my three teams. I really couldn't think of any other teams that could top this three teams, and we might most like we most likely had the same the same, at least the same couple. At least the first two I'm about to say I know you have to have three because this is obvious. The first team I have is the Lakers. I mean, if you look to see who they signed, I'm going to pull it up to make sure I have everybody because you got to – I have actually to... do have it. Okay, so so off, just off the dome until I get it, they they signed um, – they signed uh, – they re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker. Mm-hmm. Three years, 10, 10.2 mil. And because they had this bird, right, they can go over – the the salary cap to mm-hmm. get him yeah then and then they signed Kendrick Nunn to a two year five million five million dollar deal yeah and then they signed all these other people to one year minimums 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 Trevor Ariza Carmelo Anthony Dwight Howard Wayne Ellington Ket Bazemore and Malik Monk yeah all these shooters. And all these shooters, who knows they can defend? I know Dwight can. All these shooters next to LeBron and AD, and they traded for Russell Westbrook. Right. And it was really funny because when they when they, when they first hit free agency, everybody was saying the same thing. Oh, Lakers don't got no money. Da 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 da. They traded for Westbrook. Westbrook's old. Now they have no spacing and no money. And then uh, after they signed, they got Camarlo Anthony, they got Wayne Ellington, they got Dwight Bazemore and Trevor Ariza, and they were like, oh, that's a retirement home. And then they turned around and said, all right, bet. We're going to go get Kendrick Nunn, who was a finalist for Rookie of the Year, what, two years ago, and Malik Monk, who's who's a really young player, a really good player that's been playing off the bench in Charlotte. He he had a bad start to his year, but had a really good year last year, which is why I'm surprised Charlotte didn't, didn't think about resigning him. Yeah, look, Malik Monk. Malik and I like and I liked him in college too. Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn could have gotten a bag. I absolutely believe that they are both really, really good. I'm yeah. So you hit it on the head. What about your number two team? Okay, my number two team is Chicago. Mine too. And I know a lot of teams in Chicago, and I know and, and there's a lot of Chicago Bulls fans. And I know they're tired of constantly seeing their team disappoint every year after <laughs> every year. And they came off they came off a front office personnel that constantly and consistently makes really bad decisions. Yeah. Starting with how they handled the Jimmy Butler situation and just kept going on from there. Yeah. They got a new front office and then ever since they've been making great decisions. They won the trade deadline and free agency. Yes, yes. And with Billy Donovan as their coach, I I think they can I think they can do really well this year. They got Demar Derozan for, via sign and trade, trading away Thaddeus Young. Um, they got Lonzo Ball for a sign and trade, trading 
trading Thomas Sadoransky. Mm-hmm. Um, the Derrard Rosen trade was three years, twenty eight million, and the Lonzo Ball and the Lonzo Ball um, contract was three years, was four years, two twenty million. Yeah. Then they signed Alex Caruso to be their backup PG, which or backup or backup guard, I want to say, because he's more of a combo guard. Three years, nine point two mil. And and then they also had some low key signings. They signed Tony. Br- they signed um uh backup big man Tony Bradley. Um, we'll see what they will do because because they're, they're not drafted done. somebody really good too. Io. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Io in the second round. I can't remember who they drafted in the first. Um, we'll see what they do with Laurie Marketing because they're not done. They're not done. They have to. They're yeah. clearly not going to resign him, based on what I've heard from Bulls fans. He's not that good. <laughs> He has value though. He has he has value because he's young. But I heard he just hasn't really improved all that much yeah. from his rookie year. So we'll see what they do with him. We'll see what they get for him. Yeah, we'll see what they, they can get, get for him. But clearly, um clearly I do expect him to sign a contract with someone else with another team and then they'll probably not match it and they'll probably do a sign and trade. So they're yeah. gonna get more pieces eventually. That uh that Alice Caruso signing is an underrated signing, and I'll tell you why. Because I think Kobe White, until he proves, like, I mean, Kobe White is not going to start over Zach Levine or Alonzo Ball. No, he's not. So Kobe White is, is going to give you buckets off the bench. And having somebody like Caruso playing next to him off the bench is going to be a really good fit to me. Mm-hmm. Because Caruso, really, really, uh, he's athletic, but he's really, really smart. Plays good defense, you know? That starting five is going to be ridiculous. It'll be um, Lonzo. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams had a really good rookie year. Yeah, and, and Vucevic. Vucevic. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good starting. That's a great starting five. They went from Kobe White, Kobe White, um, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, um, Laurie Marketing yeah. slash Otto Porter, whichever you want to put in there, to Wendell Carter to what we just said. Yeah. In a year. Yeah, in a year. That's a flip. Yeah, and I I like it. I really like it. Me and too. they really and they really have a chance to turn turn it around. They sh- honestly I thought they could have turned it around at the trade deadline. They, but, I mean they but, but Zach Levine got hurt. Yeah. But I, I mean I got hurt, then got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they did what they were supposed to do. Everybody in Chicago knew, everybody that'd been watching the Bulls knew. They just needed a better big, a competent big, and that's exactly what they went. And they went out and got Somebody that I think is a top five big in the game. So, mm-hmm. and I think our number three might be different, though. Yeah, it could be. Because my, th- my number three is the Knicks. Yeah, our number threes are different. All right. So, uh, so originally, I wouldn't have thought the Knicks would even be on this list. Because when I heard, first heard they signed Evan Fournier, I was like, ah, overpaid. Don't deserve it. <laughs> but... But then they kept making moves, and then I'm like... They did not stop. <laughs> yeah, they didn't stop, which made me actually really like it. Yeah. So, yes, they signed Evan Fournier for four years, 19.5 mil per year. Then they signed, then they re-signed Derrick Rose, three years, 14.3, which shout out Derrick Rose. Yeah, way he, yeah, way he brought his career back. Yeah, and I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Yeah. Then they, they re-signed Nerlens Noel, who was... A pr- it was just a pretty good big for them. Yeah, um, him and Mitchell Robinson are going to be a good starting back backup big because I think Mitchell Robinson is also good. He just needs to a stay healthy and b yeah. stay out of foul trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, they signed they re-signed Alec Burks, who was a pretty good shooter for them. 
Then they re-signed Todd Gibson to a one-year vet minimum, mm-hmm. which would really help him out. Yeah. And then they did something that I thought was I expected to happen, but not in this fashion. Because I thought they would have traded for him. They the, the Thunder bought out Kemba Walker. Yeah. And he signed with the with Knicks. With the Knicks. After being traded from the Celtics. Yes. And I and that made me put them on this list because I think Kemba Walker I think Kemba Walker would be a really good fit for them. And yeah. I know and, and I think he's gonna be able to rejuvenate his career in in New York. Yeah. Especially since he has memories of playing in the garden. Yeah. We all know about his um about his um about his um move when he was in college. Yeah. That step back yeah. ankle breaker to win either win his conference or to go to the finals in his conference. I can't remember yep. which one it was. Yeah, I agree. My uh my number three was actually the Warriors. And I have the Warriors because the it's almost like we're just restarting 2018 or 2017. Yeah. Clay's returning from injury. Mm-hmm. Iggy uh, resi- uh, resigned. Auto, they picked up Otto Porter Jr., which is I think is a good uh, role player. Yep. And their two draft picks, I think, is going to find their place really quickly. Dra- uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. And, look, you're still bringing back Steph Curry. You're still bringing back Steve Kerr. And... The Warriors are one of those teams where their role players are just really underrated. Damian Lee is a pretty good shooter. Juan Toscano Juan Toscano Anderson is a really good high energy player. Uh, who else? They have a couple other guys. They just traded Eric uh, Eric Pascal. They traded um, Eric Pascal. Yep. James Wiseman's gonna have another year under his belt, but you still have Kevon Looney. You know what I'm saying? You still got Draymond Green. They signed Bealisa too. Yeah, Bealisa who, too. A, who, who had a down year last year, really down year, but yeah. he's generally a good shooter. Yeah. as a big man. I I have the Warriors on the list because I see them making one of the biggest jumps, especially because we know Steve Kerr can and coach. And let's face it, Steph dragged that team to the playing tournament last year, and that's a lot. I know everybody. I don't know why people are, uh, been making fun of Steph Curry, because they didn't make the playoffs last year. I don't care what you say. Steph Curry was pretty much the only consistent offensive weapon on that team. Even Kelly Oubre wasn't wasn't putting up crazy good numbers. So Kelly Oubre and they and they brought the Kelly season. and they brought in Kelly yeah. Oubre to be his number two. Kelly Oubre to start the season. At one point, he was shooting eight percent from three. Yeah, he could not he could not buy a basket. Right, and at one and it took him like. Five games to finally make a non-layup or dunk. Yeah, yeah. Kelly Oubre did not have a good year in Golden State, and now he's making. Now he's in Charlotte, but and I hope he does well in Charlotte. But he did not come in and really lit it up, and I think he eventually started coming off the bench near the end of the year. Yeah, he was. They was trying to use his energy with the second with the second uh, second unit. I tell you what, though, because it's like that starting five, to me, that starting five is pretty dangerous. Like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and whoever you're putting at the five. That's a that's a good starting five. As long as it can stay healthy. And as long Klay as it Thompson, can stay healthy. Klay Thompson comes back to being at least 60 70% of what he used to be. He's not going to be the See? best defender. He's not going to be that good of a defender what he once was, but a shooter still shoots, See, regardless but, of how injured they were. They can still shoot. Yeah. 
And I, I wouldn't even if they brought Clay Thompson off the bench. That I mean, if Clay Thompson stayed uh, was coming off the bench the entire year, he would probably be six man of the year. Like you do, you don't you're not asking him to come in and be Clay Thompson of twenty like six seven and eighteen. You're asking Clay Thompson to come in with the second unit and get buckets. That man could probably get you like twenty six a night, uh, coming off the bench if they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's we both had the same uh, from worst to first. We both had the Lakers one, Bulls two, but you had the uh, you had the Knicks for yeah. your third, and I had the Warriors for my third. Because I generally do believe that the Knicks really did improve, regardless of how I feel about the Fournier I pickup. Agree. But the Knicks did improve, and I am. You're doing the you're doing the East, but if I was doing I the East, I don't personally think they would have moved up to four, moved up past four. But I think more competitive, there will be more competitive than what they showed. So speaking of, <laughs> so you guys know, uh, Ronald and I thought it would be fun to take this what this free agency gave us. And to kind of just put together a loose interpretation of what we think will be the top eight in the East and the West. I took the East. RJ took the West. Since you mentioned it, I can go ahead and go first. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me tell you all something about me, okay? I don't just look at what's on paper. I look at the situations and circumstances around it, all right? So this is what I have as my top eight in the East. Number one, the Nets. It's hard to argue Blake Griffin coming back. They signed Patty Mills. I think that would have been that's one of the most underrated signings in free agency, getting Patty Mills, who's an absolute bucket. Um, Kevin Durant coming back, Kyrie Irving coming back, James Harden coming back. Uh, I think they they kept uh, G- DeAndre Jordan, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they did. They kept DeAndre Jordan. There is rumors about him. There was rumors the about him block. being on the move, but then there was other article saying that they didn't want to move him because he has such good chemistry yeah you know number two the bucks not a surprise i'm not gonna let the bucks drop any lower than three and i don't really see any other team besides the nets that could beat them in a seven game series if they if that uh if they were able to do that number three the knicks oh they didn't move up i have the knicks i have the knicks as the number three seed let me tell you why Besides the Bucks and the Nets, the 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 East is it's competitive, but it's still chaotic. It's kind of like uh, me and Ronald was talking about before the podcast. When you have a really good football division in the NFL with four competitive teams, you just see a lot of canceling out. All the teams splitting with one another. To me, the Knicks have the chemistry. The Knicks have now they have the talent. They have the coaching. To me, the Knicks have all they need to be a top three seed uh, in the East. Think about it. You, they've got Julius Randle. They picked up Evan Fournier, who despite, you know, kind of disappearing a little bit in the playoffs, he still had a pretty decent year in the Celtics. Um, they got Nur- Nerlens Duel, Mitchell Robinson, Taj Gibson. Those are three pretty good bigs. Derrick Rose coming off the bench. Uh, Kemba Walker coming, uh, maybe coming off the bench. RJ Barrett is still improving. Obi Toppin, I don't really see him staying there, but he still adds a little bit of energy, a little bit of athletic juice to that team. You know what I'm saying? The only the only piece, like if they would have kept Reggie Bullock, then I would have probably no, nah, I would have I would have had more of a justified reason for having number three. But I think 
The Knicks got way better in free agency with their signings. They were aggressive. They already have the chemistry, and now they have the talent. And they're in the East, in which East is competitive, but it doesn't mean it's as good as the West. See, the West is really, really good. It's really, really tough, but it's consistent. The same teams in the West are always powerhouses. The mm-hmm. East, it's a different powerhouse every year. So that's that's why my justification of the Knicks at the number uh, three. Number four, Miami Heat. I think the Heat's going to be better this year. I'm assuming these power rankings are going with less injury. I don't see Jimmy Butler being injured as much as he was last year. Uh, Bam Adebayo is still, to me, a top five center in the game. Uh, even though they lost Kendrick Nunn, they bring in Kyle Lowry. Um, they still have uh, Duncan. They were able to bring back Duncan Robinson. You know what I'm saying? To me, the... the the Heat and the Heat are another one of those teams that have the chemistry and they have the talent. Sometimes all you really need to be a really good team is chemistry, talent, and coaching. Miami, the, the Miami Heat would have. Miami Heat was my fourth team that made the most, that made the biggest jump of improvement. Was it? Yeah. Kyle Lowry's an underrated signing because the deficiencies really show in the playoffs as they do every year. Mm-hmm. And to me, the Heat really did need that veteran point guard to kind of calm things down. Jimmy Butler did his best. He did everything he could. Bam Adebayo's defense was fine in the playoffs, but they didn't really have that number three option, that number three veteran to be like, all right, look, Duncan's not hitting right now. Kendrick's not hitting right now. Tyler Hero's not hitting right now. Let's do this instead type type stuff. Considering how bad Jimmy Butler was in the playoffs. You think it was bad? I don't think it was bad. Did you see his averages? No, I didn't. I mean, I saw the the. I mean, he hit that game winner. Well, not game winner, but he hit the game tire in the first game against the uh, against the Bucks. I didn't see his averages though. I'm pulling it up now. Were they bad? It was pretty bad. He averaged 14 points. He averaged 15 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists, shooting. Um, no, he not was shooting. He was shooting twenty six percent from three and twenty and thirty percent field goal. Now that I now that I think about it, I now that I have like I'm thinking about that playoff series, I do remember him struggling to hit shots. I mean, his numbers by the end of the game weren't bad, but he was putting up hella shots to get in there. Jimmy Butler's just one of those effort players where his numbers, to me, his numbers might not always jump out, but his impact is always apparent on the floor. So even though, yeah, his he, his numbers weren't that great in that playoff series, he was still playing some pretty good defense. He was still finding teammates. Teammates just weren't hitting shots. Da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. It was also his teammates weren't doing anything either, which causes him to shoot all that. And and he's not a good outside shooter either. So. No. So when he starts yeah. pressing and having to play like that. Mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson made me mad because he had that one game where he hit like his first like four three pointers and then he didn't hit anything the rest of the game. So, anyways, yeah. Number five, I have the Bulls. We already talked about how big of an impact their free agency was. You can't overlook any of that. The Bulls is an excellent, to me, top five. I actually argued putting them as top four as well, but they still kind of have a little bit to prove. Uh, but like we said, that starting five: Lonzo, Zach Levine, uh, Vucevic. Uh, Patrick Williams, um, and uh, my my trip or and Demar Derozan, yeah. that's come on. You got shooting outside, inside. You've got defense. You've got passing. You've got a passing big. That you know 
if they if the Bulls made the jump and was and was the top three seed, it wouldn't surprise me. Number six, I had the Hawks. I have to drop the Hawks because look, I understand last year Trey Young was so amazing and all this and that and the other. Slight bias, Trey Young is overrated, but I think that was a fluke playoff run. I think Trey Young got the juice, the Hawks got the juice and was feeling it, and then they made it work. And then they went up against opponents that they were able to like emotionally rattle. You know what I'm saying? Their only noticeable moves was re-signing John Collins and Lou Williams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They didn't make any big moves, plus the East got better. I, you know, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see the Hawks being. I mean, were they were they a sixth seed last year? They, they were, were a fifth seed. They were a fifth seed they last fifth year. Seed. Okay, so yeah, they're not a lot of small, not a big drop off. And internal improvement too, because that team is pretty young. Yeah, Nate McMillan took taking over that team and making them what they were. To me, to me, that team just screams fluke. Like they could literally, they could either be uh, a fifth seed or a playing team. To me, speaking of playing, uh, these next two teams were the safest picks. But I really, I really, really argued both of them not making the playoffs. But I really couldn't find enough reasons to justify it. Number Cel- number seven, I have the Celtics. I know they lost a lot of pieces and they didn't really get anybody, but. It's hard to argue the impact that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have together, to me. Didn't they get Al Horford back as well? They got Al Horford back. Now, they did get Moses Brown. I, I like Moses Brown. He is a competent big. Really good on the move. Block shots really well, too. He's a good seven-footer. And Ennis Canners is racking up his freaking flyer miles, going right back to Boston. Yeah, yeah. Number eight, I had the 76ers. I really argued the 76ers not making the playoffs, but they re-signed Danny Green. They still have Seth Curry. They still have Tobias. They still have Embiid. To me, if you move Ben Simmons and let Tyrese Maxey run the point, they will be a better team than they were last year. Because the thing is, when you have, yeah, the talent is there, but the limitations are more glaring in the playoffs. Tyrese Maxey, he's got the talent. And he showed it in the playoffs as well as in limited minutes. So that's my top eight. You know, play in tournament, obviously, Charlotte, Cleveland, uh, whoever else. But the play in tournament, anybody can make. But yeah, that's my top eight. I've got Nets, Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Bulls, Hawks, Celtics, and 76ers. Some, some, some teams you left out. Yeah, Charlotte. Um, they're a playing team. They're, yeah, I can see them being a playoff team. They were a playing team last year. Um, they were Charlotte was a pretty decent team, um, and they're only going to get better because Lamelo and Lamelo and Terry Rozier another year possibly Leandro, possibly Leandro. Yeah, he was. He's been pretty good summer league so far. Um, um, yeah, another year with um, Al Horford. I'm pretty sure they got a new center. Um, Oh, let's see who it is. Signing Kelly Oubre, too, was yeah, pretty they, big. Yeah, they signed Kelly Oubre. Um, they signed Kelly Oubre. Um, they signed Ishmith to be the backup point guard. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, they got um, Plumley. They got Plumley. Oh, Plumlee. Mason Plumley. Yeah, Plumley. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so Charlotte can be a pretty can be a pretty good team. Um, they gave um, their coach a contract extension. Congrats to him. James Borrego. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Um, the only thing I'm upset about is that they release they release the Martin twin. 
Oh, did they? Yeah. Released? They released one of the Martin twins. Oh, I think Lord. it's I think it's Kayla Martin they released, and they kept Cody. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, I was like, why? Like, don't separate the twins. You can't separate the twins. Brothers, <laughs> brothers play better. Yeah, yeah. Um, Indiana is also another team you left out too. I think Indiana is going to be a lottery team. I don't see talent on there. I know they have uh, Karis Levert. I know we're hoping for bubble TJ Warren, who was playing like Michael Jordan for a couple of games. <laughs> Miles Turner is often injured and also on the trade block. And they got the old um, Mavs coach, too. Uh, I can't remember. Can't remember his name. Rick Carlisle? Yeah, Carlisle, yeah. Yeah, Rick Carlisle. And um, I know I'm not forgetting names. Sabonis is probably going to be their best player, and that's not necessarily a good thing because I think Sabonis is wildly overrated. You know, I I just I think the Pacers are are gonna be a lottery team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, playing team to me, playing team is their ceiling. There's too many inconsistencies on that team. Too many. T.J. Yeah. Warren is an inconsistent piece. Miles mm-hmm. Turner's an inconsistent piece. Rick Carlisle's an inconsistent coach. And um, oh, they also signed um Tory Craig, but they did lose Dumb McDermott. If that matters, if that even matters, I don't. Really but Doug McDermott was consistent. Yeah, and um, only because I'm biased, the Wizards you left out, and they made the playoffs last year. Listen, I don't think the Wizards are going to be a lottery team. They're going to be a. They're going to be a competing for a playing spot. If and yeah, I tell you what, they're either their ceiling is taking either the Celtics or the 76ers spot at the seven or eight seed. Mm-hmm. They, I think they could very easily stick themselves right there in that play-in tournament, but I think their ceiling is like the seventh seed, or they could miss the playoffs. I will say, um, trading away Russell Westbrook, I don't. They guaranteed us, did not like. I, it was a guaranteed playoff spot with Westbrook, right? And now it went down the. See, but don't make me mad because the thing is, keeping Westbrook with Beal, keeping that team, if they would have went into this offseason, traded for. If they would have got DeMar DeRozan or if they would have got one of these other big pieces that were on the move, I would have put them probably in a top four seed in the East. I, to me, you can't justify trading Russell Westbrook for Kuzma, KCP, and a couple of second rounders. I don't see it. Even though you signed Spencer Dinwiddie, that's all well and good. But they we also can, got Trez. And, oh, uh, Montrez Harrell? Yeah. We got we to see... What that works, right? The Wizards went from a team that looked like a perennial playoff team to now looking like we got to see what they are. Yeah, and... Um, that trade, to me, didn't make any sense. I don't even know why you ex- accept giving away Russell Westbrook for that. And I will say the Wizards did make a lot of a lot of roster changes, and they made a lot of roster changes. They didn't need that- to, though. They didn't need to. Rui yeah. Hachimura is talented as hell. Bradley mm-hmm. Beal and Russell Westbrook. Denny Avdia is going to prove that he deserved to be drafted where he is, where he was. Daniel Gafford was playing ridiculously in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because I'm not going to turn this to a Wizards podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my um, Western teams. Now, I'm doing this based on the aura of how I... Kind of how I see them in the ending the regular season. Yeah. Only because 
There's a few of these teams that you know they're going to rest their starters. Yeah. They're, or some of them still have to gel with each other. So I'm just going by what I, I just think is going to be it. Num- so number one, I have the Jazz. They were the, they were the top team last year in the West, and, just, and I think they're going to continue to be the top team this year. They signed somebody. They really signed um, Rudy Gay. Um, they signed um, they signed Rudy Gay. Yes, they did. They, they signed um, – wait, hold on. Because I know I I know they signed Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. So yeah, they did sign Rudy Gay. They signed Rudy Gay. They signed Hassan Whiteside, and they signed Hassan Whiteside, and they re- they were able to re-sign Mike Conley. Yeah. Which which, that starting five, of Conley, Donovan Mitchell, um, um, not Joe Ingles, the other guy. They got Bondanovich. Bondanovich. Um, there's another guy too, and um, and um. Oh. Was was it Royce O'Neal? Yeah, Royce O'Neal and um, Rudy Gobert. That is that is one really good starting lineup. And then you got and then you got Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Oh, Cavs, you, <laughs> Cavs legend Jordy, uh, Jordan Clarkson. And then Joe Ingles coming off the bench. And now you have Rudy Gay coming off the bench. Yeah, and, and Hassan Whiteside. That team is like, deep, and they have chemistry. Yes. So 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 I don't I and and um and um um. And I really love their coach, so I don't, so I don't understand why they would fall off. I personally I think I personally think they'll stay at number one. I agree. Um, and the only way I don't think they will is, is injuries. Yeah. And then even then, since they're so deep, I don't think if they miss someone, it's going to matter too much to them. Yeah, they have yeah depth. Yep. Number two, I have the Clippers. I like that. Um, I hate the Clippers, but I like that ranking. The only reason why... Wait a minute. I'm F, and The only reason why I'm not sure about this ranking, though, is because I don't know how... Wait a Kawhi, minute. You'll see, you'll, see, you'll see why in a second. I don't know how... <laughs> I, I don't know how Kawhi would come back from his injury. They got to play half a season without him. And you think they're going to maintain a second seed? The Clippers are also deep, and they, they and basically, and basically, the Clippers proved without Kawhi that they can still perform really well. I do think, assuming injury, that assuming they're not really that injured, that this is still a really good team. Um, Kawhi, yes, to start the year will be a major loss. I don't think he'll be gone for half the year. I I I don't I, I haven't heard anything that states that it was that major of an injury, so so I personally feel like Kawhi. Yes, he will miss part of the season, but I think he'll be fine. I think the Clippers would just be just fine. They still have Paul George. They still have they still have Paul George. They yeah. still have the Morse twin. Yeah. They still they have Zubak. They have Zubak and Serge Ibaka coming back. Um, they re-signed Reddy Jackson, which very good. He earned that money he got. And that, I thought he could have yeah. got more money. He, he could have gotten more. He probably I, took more, took less money to stay with yeah, the Clippers. Yeah, I think that's what he did. I think that's what he did. And they signed Justice Winslow. And um, running as the point guard, point justice, he is pretty good. And then they ended up re-signing Nicholas Batum, which surprised me as a as a how good he played. Yeah. So they're one of those they're one of those teams though. They pick up players and they and the players play better in that system. Yeah, and Ty Lu, I just feel like Ty Lu will still make them a competitive team regardless. Yeah. 
Cavs legend Ty Lue. And so that's why I have him as a number. And that's why I personally have him as a number two spot. Okay. And then number three, I have the Lakers. I think I think with the Lakers, there's going to be some adjustment period. That's true. And then and then after that adjustment period, then you, and then you have to and then you have to incorporate people resting and stuff, which is why I personally have them as three. I think they'll finish at three. Do I think they're the top team in the in the West? Yes, but like I said, they have to go for an adjustment period. This is going to be the first time Russell Westbrook. Not the first time Russell Westbrook had another ball dominant, but it'll be. It'll be but it's always an adjustment period with superstar players playing alongside LeBron. When yeah. LeBron was in Miami, there was that. There was there was a point where they had a losing record, and everyone was clowning them. Oh, they 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 started out bad. This isn't a good team, and then they ended up making it to the NBA Finals. Yeah. So and, and that's playing with and that was LeBron playing with Dwayne Wade. Same thing in Cleveland to a lesser extent because I think um, I think Kyrie and LeBron were perfect for each other. Yeah, and then and then and, and then having Westbrook adjust to basically who he's been playing with because yes he played with Harden but other than that there really hasn't been a time where Westbrook played with someone of LeBron James and AD caliber. Besides KD, besides KD, but that was in their younger days, and KD can play off off ball if he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number four, I have the Suns. I like it. Um, the Suns, they didn't really do much. They resigned Chris Paul, but um, they really didn't need to. But yeah, they didn't need to do anything because they're still a they're still a pretty good team. Um, they resigned Cameron Payne, who deserved the money. Um, they signed JaVale McGee. Underrated signing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with um, Dario Sarge tearing his ACL, they needed a backup big, so... I will say, though, I think that's going to be one of the teams that's going to try to make a move at the deadline because that team is talented and they've got ultimate chemistry, but they could they could use one more, like, really good playmaker. You know, I, I don't know. That's one of the teams that I would watch to see if they make either a late signing or if they try to trade for somebody. Now, they did sign Alfred Payton, but you said playmaker, so um, we're going <laughs> to assume we're gonna assume that they're not done. <laughs> um, and then number five, I have um, Luka Doncic. The Dallas Mavericks, but basically the Luka Doncic show. The Luka Mavericks. Yeah. Um, they gave Luka the bag. Um, apparently, um, um, Mark Cuban, Dirk Nowinski, um, Jason Kidd, and whoever they signed as their GM all flew up to Sylvania to basically meet with Luca to be with him as he signed that contract. Yeah. Um, I think, I think just because Luca, and I'll mention this more when we talk about the Olympics later, that's a playoff team. Yeah. <laughs> that's a playoff team. Um, Luca is just Luca's that guy. Yeah, Luca is Absolutely. that guy, and and he is just a player that. If you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, be lucky you have Luca. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, they also re-signed Tim Hardaway. They signed Reggie Bullock. They re-signed Boban. Reggie Bullock's an underrated signing. Yeah, he's a good shooter. Mm-hmm. And they signed Sterling Brown. So they got they got deeper. They got better. And they got deeper, they got better, and they still have and they still have Dorian Finney-Smith, 
They still have... Um, they still have Christoph Porzingis. They still they? have Porzingis. I mean, hopefully he plays better. Uh, I expect that team. And, and while I'm iffy about the Jason Kidd coaching hire, I, I still think this is going to be a pretty good team. I don't know, man. I mean, Jason Kidd, wasn't he on that coaching staff with the uh, Lakers? He was on that coaching staff, but um, but the last time he coached a head... head last time he had a head coaching jig, it did not end well. Was that the Charlotte uh, it was Bobcats? The, it was at the Bucks. With the, it was at the oh, Bucks. Luck. It was at the Bucks. Yep. Mm. And, and then before that was at the Nets. Mm. Um, number six, I have the Nuggets. Yeah. Um, I wish they were higher up, but um, they're on the decline. They, Jamal Murray tearing his ACL was not clutch. And no. while I'm saying I have more faith in, um, I actually have more faith in Kawhi returning sooner. Then Jamal, Jamal Murray. Yeah, because Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi's tear was only partial. Yeah. Jamal Murray fully turned. Yeah. And, and to be honest, when in their backcourt in the playoffs, it was not good. Like, not at all. So, and, and then they really didn't do anything to improve it. Yeah, they, they didn't do yeah. much to improve. To be honest, it kind of got worse by letting JaVale McGee walk. Yeah, they, um, they re-signed Will Barton. Fine. That's cool. But he was also hurt. <laughs> and then they re-signed Jermichael Green. They got Jeff Green, which is an underrated signing. Kind of. I mean, Jeff Green is... Cavs legend Jeff Green. Like <laughs> Jeff Green, is a, he's a good player, but he's he's so dependent on the, teams, the team that he's on. Like, if he's on a bad team, he plays terribly. But if he's on a good team, he plays good. Yeah. So. And, and they re-signed Austin Rivers... Because he was a good starter when he played, but like I said, it's just it wasn't their backcourt is gonna be really suspect until Jamal Murray comes back. And then once he comes back, he has to come back hundred percent. So Yeah. So and the teams above them got better. Yeah. I'm obviously the team with Nikola Jokic in it, I trust that they'll be good. I don't know. I think but, I think Jokic's MVP was kind of fluke. Not gonna lie, uh, I I know I know I know he's talented as I don't know what, but so many injuries last year that stopped anybody else from getting it. Like, to be honest, I I think Steph Curry was more deserving of it, but that's just me. Speaking of Steph Curry, number seven, the Warriors. I like it. Um, um, they got better just because of people coming back from injuries clay thompson clay thompson's finally hopefully comes back i miss seeing him play he needs to and, literally just sit on the couch until training camp yeah yeah i'm done no, yeah don't don't just don't he tore his acl and then right before the draft in a workout tore his achilles right yeah it was two different injuries yeah it's not like he tweaked his acl yeah so just and, and steph curry and clay thompson just Damn, they're the best backcourt in the league. Yeah. I'm not going to argue any other backcourt. No, it's Steph and Clay. Um, Andrew Wiggins came Andrew Wiggins came in and became a pretty a pretty good defender. Yes, he's still overpaid, but he is a he's actually a pretty good role player. I don't know. I I think Andrew Wiggins had an all-star year last year. Uh, he and, was yeah. he was he proved himself to be one of the best two-way players in the game. And then, and then Draymond Green always bringing in his veteran leadership. He's that he's gonna be the person that sets up the offense. He's gonna be that defender. He is going to be good. Yeah. And yes, 
that one year without Steph and Clay, Draymond was bad, but that's because Draymond relies on the people around him. He will yeah. he will be as good as the people around him. Which makes him the ultimate role player, yes, but right. he's still good. I mean, look, the ultimate role player is still very, very, very valuable. Like mm-hmm. you got a defensive player of the year talent that can also get you fourteen assists in a game. Yes, we're not I'm not relying on him to make a basket. I'm just relying on him to get assists, right. and rebounds, and defend, which he can right. do at an elite level. Right. And then they got James Wiseman, they have Kevon Looney. Yeah. Um they brought back Andre Iguodala. Signed Otto Porter. Yeah, they re-signed, they signed Otto Porter. The only move that I have to complain about them is the fact that they traded away Eric Pascal. And that, that's because Eric Pascal was a bucket getter as a second rounder mm-hmm. coming with coming off the bench. I Eric Pascal. But besides that, drafting Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, you got talented. You got more talented and you got deeper. And then there's a lot of teams you could put in here that they're all deserving of a playoff spot because it's the West. They're all strong. But my eighth seed is the Grizzlies. I like it. Uh, uh, John Morant's going to make uh, another leaf to his third year. Um, they traded Jonas Valanciunas, which I'm ups- I am upset about. But getting um, getting um, Eric Bledsoe as a backup, bi- a backup point guard if they end up keeping him. The last thing I heard is that they might move him. Um, I like that as a backup point guard. Though. Yeah, and and then they got. Um, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is yeah, Jaron yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. Last year came off an ACL injury, so he's gonna be fully healthy coming into this year, and he's and I think he's a and I think he's potential All Star if he can if he just brings everything bring his game together. I um, agree. Stephen Adams. Yeah, I like him. I, yeah. I, I, they yes, they traded Valanciunas for Stephen Adams, but I think Stephen Adams personally. I, I think he's just. I think he could be good for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, he's a pretty good three and D guy. I like Dylan Brooks. Um, he's an underrated yeah. player. I'm kind of upset they um traded Grayson Allen, but I'm kind of upset they that. traded Justice Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. He was hurt, and then when he came back, he wasn't really playing a whole lot. So I kind of understand. Yeah. But that, but the Memphis Grizzly team is young and up and coming, and I think they can make another leap. And I think, and Job people were saying in the regular season he was overrated because he didn't really, quote unquote, make that leap. But then when you looked at him in the playoffs, that conversation went away quick. He gave so, he gave Steph Curry thirty five 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 and four like, yes, and he and yes they lost to the Jazz in five, but Job. He was yeah, playing. He was off. playing. So, so I personally feel like I personally feel like the Memphis Grizzlies can make another step and make the playoffs. Yeah. No, again, I agree. As the, again, as the eighth seed, but I feel like they can do it. Yes, there are a lot of omissions to my list. One very notable one: the Trailblazers. Oh my God! I didn't even think about that. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was making this, I was like, "Am I you really think the gonna Trailblazers gonna be a playing?" Playing? I don't. Even... The you problem... think they're gonna miss the playoffs? I... There's no way the Dame is gonna let them miss the playoffs. See, Dame won't let them miss the playoffs, but I don't think they got better. I don't. I don't no, think no, they no, got no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they got better. 
But remember in uh, 2019 when they were when they weren't in the playoffs and they were fighting to get into the playoffs to get a chance to in the bubble, and he was averaging like 60 points for like two weeks. Dame is not gonna let them miss the playoffs. I don't care how pissed off he is. He's gonna be more pissed off about them not making the playoffs than he would about them not making any moves to get better. Now the the hiring of Chauncey Billups. I mean, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure about that either. I, I'm not sure. Um, they did resign Norman Powell, but I mean, but look at the talent. See you. You look. CJ is an asshole. All right, CJ is. I think CJ is trash, but not trash in the sense that he can't hoop. But trash in the sense that he has zero basketball IQ. Like, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Derek Jones Jr., um, uh, Nurkic. I did, that, t- that team is too deep to me. There's no way that they're not going to win enough games to make the playoffs. They did also sign Cody Zeller to be the backup big. They signed Ben McLemore. And Cody Zeller's a better backup big than uh, Zach Collins was. I mean, anyone can be better than someone who doesn't play. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and they signed um, 50-50-100 Tony Snell. But, um, and Tony Snell's a shooter. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. If there's any team on there that I would have missing the playoffs in a surprising fashion, it's the Nuggets. To me. I, that team is not deep enough and not talented enough without Jamal Murray. Well, that team without Jamal Murray knocked out the Trailblazers. Yeah, I, I know that. I know. But you got me in a loop here. See, see, that's why it was hard. That, I, 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 I understand. I think that I think if that, you said play-in tournament, then I would have. I mean, like, I mean, I, th- I mean, yes, I think they'll make the one of the play-in tournament. I think there'll be one of the spots in the play-in, and then maybe they'll knock out either the Grizzlies or the Warriors, just because at that point Dame's not going to let them do anything. I don't think yeah. they'll just be out, out. I don't think they'll be out, out. I agree. But, I unfortunately, but, I agree with you. But I just hard for me to see. They didn't get better. Yeah, the only way really for them to be to a see, force yeah. is if everybody else plays better. And you know, Dame, like, how can Dame play any better than what he plays? Yeah, and then for some reason too, I, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna trade Dame. But God, I hope they don't. But some reason they're. That's for some reason. I don't know. Um, San Antonio Spurs, another omission. Um, they're going to be a lottery team. They're, they're, I, I think they need to be a lottery team. I, I just think they're in meteorocracy, and they're not, and they're just, they're just stuck. So they they're spent, stuck. they spent, what, a few years to get, like, in to draft Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, and the and and those other couple of guys that they got. They never really got any better. Here's what. Here's what. And the, it, um, even who they drafted this year, Josh Primo? Here's who the Spurs lost. They lost DeMar DeRozan. Yep. Rudy Gay. Yep. Patty Mills. Yep. Trey Lyles. Yep. And and then other non-important people. But that they, was a team of role players. Yeah. And so the, all those players left to go be role players. And then they ended up getting Doug McDermott, which... I'm actually fine with the McDermott signing. But then, after that confused me. They signed Zach Collins, and I'm like, okay, he barely played. You think he was going to play for you guys? He was hurt all the time. Yeah. He is made of glass. Yeah. 
Doug McDermott is not better than any of those other players you mentioned. Yeah, and um, and I'm hearing rumors that they might go for um, Laurie. Laurie Markkinen? Yeah, they should. They, they should have did that last year. If they would have did that last year, it would have made them better. Yeah, but that's basically a team of role players. That team's in purgatory. And they, they need to tank. And the only reason why they can be somewhat competitive is because of Pop. But... Yeah, but there's not enough talent there. Not yeah, enough talent. No and talent. now they don't have depth. At least before they had depth. Now they don't even got that. And I'm going to mention this one team just because it's the Pelicans. <sighs> the Pelicans. Zion, he's there's not rumors that you want to leave. <laughs> he's, he Please be leave. loud about it and leave. Bro, Zion, leave. Zion wanted to leave when he saw the Pelicans won the lottery. Like, he did not want to stay there. Like, it, John Morant should not be having more playoff success than you. No, not at all. No. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not, you're not going to convince me. Even though John Morant's one of my favorite players, you're not going to convince me that Zion is better than Ja. Or that Ja is better than Zion. Zion, you're a freak. Zion you're... could go to a competent team and make them a playoff team. Just imagine, what if Zion was on the Grizzlies instead of John Moran? The Grizzlies would probably be a five-seed team. Yeah. Four five-seed team. Yeah. They lost Lonzo. <laughs> and, and the sad part is, Lonzo could have had a better year if they didn't trade for Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. If they didn't have Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo had an even better year and more of a reason for the Pelicans to resign him. They're about to lose Josh Hart to the Cavs. They're lo- they're they're going to lose Josh Hart. I don't know to where to the Cavs. <laughs> I'm hearing some. I'm hearing a good. I hear some teams, but yeah, they're going to lose Josh Hart. Um, Brandon I, Ingram is the only staple. Brandon Ingram is their only staple. Yes, I do like the fact they got um, Jonas Valanciunas. They, they, that, he does make their team better because at least Jonas Valanciunas can shoot from outside. That's something Steven Adams can't do, so no one's clogging the paint for Zion. Um, Van, Stan Van Gundy as a coach last year was awful. Awful. And I, like, and I like Van Gundy. I like Van Gundy. If you don't follow him on Twitter, please do, because <laughs> when he treats politics, I like him. <laughs> but he, he just wasn't a good coach. He was awful. And I can't remember who their coach is, who they hired as a coach, but it wasn't a known coach, or else yeah. I would remember his name. Yeah. Um, they have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who I like as a player. Um, the fact that they he had a, the fact that the front office did JJ Redick dirty, so I don't know how anyone else, how anyone else likes their front office or wants to do business with their front office. I don't know. I, that's, I just that's don't a, have faith in the Pelicans. And that's a team that's not going to attract a lot of uh, big talent. Yeah, because New Orleans, New Orleans for basketball isn't really a big market. For football, yes, but not for basketball. See, and it's really bad when, uh, when for, for two years of Zion's is this his third year in the this league? His third year, yep. For, so in in this Zion's going into his third year, and for a year and a half of the two years he's been playing, it's been constant articles of him not wanting to be there. Third year, third coach. <laughs> right. You shouldn't be doing this, Zion. Don't you do it to yourself, do- you Zion. Come to the Cavs, okay? And 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 to be honest, 
if I can, and to be honest, um, if I'm the Pelicans, since I don't think Timberwolves are doing this, based on that market, I would move to Seattle. But that's a different story. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. The Seattle Pelicans and Fitz. <laughs> yep. And then every other team, and then every other team in the Sacramento West. Sacramento Kings, Timberwolves. Lottery, lottery. It's really sad when you know these teams are going to be lottery, but they're not even going to be lottery in a way that's going to make them better. Like, the, uh, I don't know how to say this. The the East seems way better at tanking than the West. Yeah. Because the Kings are constantly picking, like, ninth or tenth. And even when they have a and even when they have a top pick, they mess that up somehow. Yeah, Marvin Bagley. Marvin you, Bagley. You did not get the bag. All right, that's it for our rankings with the NBA. Um, I don't know how much more we'll be talking NBA till the NBA season starts. We got a lot of football going on. Yeah, we could talk about summer league and mix that in with some football talk. Yep, yep, yep. But um. Let's talk about the Olympics since it just ended. Well, I was going to ask if it's okay for us to make the Olympics another episode. Oh, yeah. Just because it's 8.15. Oh, uh, yeah. We actually did a really good job talking about NBA free agency. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, never mind. We're going to have the Olympics next episode. Yeah, we'll talk about the Olympics next episode. I actually underestimated how... How excited we were to talk about NBA free agency. Yep, yep, yep. So the Olympics is going to be next episode, possibly even a, um, another um, divisional breakdown for the NFL because Ooh, we yeah. kind of have to get that finished before G- September 9th. Yeah. Because that's the first, that's the um, Cowboys, Pat Bucks regular season game. Oh, that's when the regular season starts. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, uh, preseason is starting to go. Yeah, pre- yeah. They already had the um, the um, Hall of Fame game, and um, it might also be fun if we did something like while preseason's going on, if we talked about a play or something that that stuck out to us the most, because you know the preseason is full of a bunch of nobodies. So, like last year, that Browns guy that lied to get his way onto the team. And you know then, what? I just saw a highlight of that. Yeah, and then ago. ended up running back. So, it's <laughs> like, instead of us talking about, oh, we think this team has good depth, this team has good depth, we're like, nah, what about this practice squad player on the Dolphins that just ran a 99-yard touchdown? If you want to talk about plays, the one play from that um, Steelers-Cowboys game that, may, that I still think about to this day that perfect punt in the one-yard line. Oh, wow. Yes. Especially because that was, what, a seventh-round rookie? And they said, oh, uh, the announcer was like, yeah, it's his responsibility. Let's see what he does. And then that joint just bounces right on the one-yard line. Yep, yep, his first punt. In the first game. punt? I was, like, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that was impressive even for a punter. Like, Yep, yep, yep. It, it was a pretty impressive game overall. Um, Najee Harris is going to be a beast and um and um the Steelers quarterbacks behind Ben Roethlisberger still stink they stink (laughs) now I will say Dwayne Haskins he made some pretty good reads with some of them sidearm throws under pressure but he's not gonna be heir apparent to Big Ben no and uh, Mason Rudolph we all know is trash no and um the Cowboys quarterbacks too oh my goodness they're not good Ben DiNucci (laughs) and Cooper uh Cooper Cooper Rush. Rush 
Yeah, look, once once Big Ben and and well, who was a uh, Garrett Gilbert was started. Garrett the game. Gilbert started, and he was actually AFL pretty legend, decent. AF AFL MVP. Yeah, AFL MVP. Gilbert Gilbert Garrett Gilbert on the Orlando Apollos. Oh, Orlando Apollos, <laughs> that was my team too. I was like, I need a team, so I just chose the Orlando Apollos. Um, I can't remember the team name. I just chose the team that um, Manziel was on. That Manziel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. This has been fun. Uh, as always, follow our uh, Sprint Vision podcast Twitter at Sprint Vision Pod. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting pretty good at this. We're getting we're we're getting more comfortable. Getting pretty excited to give you guys more episodes and uh, excited to bring you some more. Yeah, and um, like I said, we have a bag of topics. A bag of topics. I mean, yeah. that's why it's so hard for us to like. We were like, all right, let's talk about NBA free agency and the Olympics. And we talk about NBA free agency, and it's already an hour. So, it, yeah. And keep in mind, this is the off season for all. This is supposed to be the most boring time of the year for sports. Right now, the only thing really to watch is summer league and baseball. Imagine how excited we're gonna be to have topics and talk about talk about things with you guys during the season. Oh yeah, just wait till next month when um, if a lot of um. Football coverage. A lot of football coverage. And this is, <laughs> I'm actually really, really excited to talk about football coverage and stuff when the games are actually going on because those are going to be more opinion based. Right mm-hmm. now, we're just kind of projecting what teams we think will be good, da 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 da. But we can actually talk about how we feel about certain teams while they're playing type yep. stuff. Yep. That's where I know I excel because my opinions be strong. Yep, yep. <laughs> But yeah, this has been fun, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Good morning, good night, whenever you're watching this.